Yo, 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 yo. I am Brad Rickle, and this is the Brad Rickle Brief. On today's show, it's actually just a, it's a quick little hit, talking about one of the superpowers, if you will, of, of life that I've used pretty continuously, and it's helped me tremendously just regarding getting head and differentiating yourself from, from the pack. And this last week in particular, I was helping my son, Brett, and I talk about Brett quite a bit on this podcast, very clearly a huge part of my life. And with Brett going to virtual school this year, everything's just a little bit different. And I'm able to monitor his grades a little bit more closely than I have in the past because they post his grades in real time. So I can see the grades from the assignments that he's just recently turned in and then his his overall grades. So they're wrapping up the first quarter and he's got the flow of school down pretty well. And Brett and I have developed this routine where at the end of every week, we just go over his grades, see how he's doing, and talk about him. And one of the things that I've been noticing about Brett is that he is doing very well with 90% of everything that he's doing, but sprinkled throughout just some of the stuff are incomplete assignments, and he's getting Fs for them. He's just not doing some of the work. There's not many, but there's enough to affect his overall grade. And as someone who has earned more than a few Fs over his academic career, I know the only the only thing worse than getting an F is sitting down and talking about an F, especially with your parents. So I understand the difficulty that Brett must be facing when he sits down. I'm like, why'd you why'd you get this bad grade on on the quiz you didn't turn in? And all you had to do was just do it. It's tough to face our own failures, but if we're able to do those postmortems, I think that can be a very valuable skill that really can help accelerate getting better over the long run. And with all that in mind, with that, with that short little story about, about Breton, again, he's doing very well, and I'm proud of the, of the work that he's doing. But the advice that I wanted to share with Brett this last week, and I thought it was appropriate just to kind of put it on this show because it's been so powerful in my life, is don't get Ds or Fs. And I know, I know, the brilliance of my parenting strategy is just oozing through your audio system right now. Like, holy cripes, Brad, you are just crushing being a parent. But hold on with me, because the impact of a zero erases a lot of the hard work. And that's what I explained to Brett about going forward. He doesn't need to be perfect in the future. That's not the expectation. We're not looking for straight A's, even though I don't think it's beyond his capability if he put his effort towards it. But just simply start by not getting D's or F's and see where you end up. The negative impact of those grades negates so much of the good work that that he puts in. And this is where I finally relate all that to the secret. It's not just about don't get D's or F's, right? Because the academic part of our lives are, are so short. Unless you get your PhD, then it might be the biggest chunk of your life. But really, the, the key to a lot of success is just simply avoiding the big mistakes. That's going to leave room for a lot of success. Mistakes happen. And mistakes happen to everyone. And, and we fail at different points in our life, but there is a lot that we can control in not having these life-altering dumb mistakes, and we've all had them. There's, there's nothing particularly special about what I'm saying here. Not getting reset back to zero can have such a dramatic compounding effect in, in somebody's life here, and I didn't, I didn't think about this much in life, and I, I want to say most parents kind of understand how valuable this is and have given their kids similar advice but I really didn't consider it all that much until I joined the army. In basic training, they'd tell you 
the things you need to do to be successful. They give you a very clear roadmap. And when you first report the basic training, they tell you like, hey, if you're going to show up in the right place at the right time in the right uniform, basic training is going to be easy and you're going to do well. And that seemed easy enough. I was going in not as the most responsible 22-year-old in the world, but I figured that seemed easy enough. So that's what I did. I always just made sure I did those three things. And right off the bat, I was in the top half of my platoon because about 50% of the people immediately could not do those three things regularly, even, even though they sound so simple. And the success came with responsibility. I was, I was the first platoon leader for our platoon in the basic training cycle. And we ended up having five or six of them. So there was nothing very distinguishing about that, except that I was just the first one. And one time we formed up in our PT bay and the drill sergeant just asked me if everybody was in the proper uniform. And I didn't know. I could just simply take a look and it seemed everybody was wearing their ACUs and their boots. So I gave him like, yes, drill sergeant, everybody's in the proper uniform. Then he instructed everybody to lift up their left pant leg and file in front and just walk past him and I. And sure enough, one person was wearing his white PT socks with his ACU uniform. And Drill Sergeant Catlett, that was his name, uh, he looks at me and he just he tells me a really hard truth that, you know, there's, there's always people messing up. It, no matter what you can do, there's always somebody messing up. Right place, right time, but this guy had the wrong uniform on. And I can't really, I can't think of the guy's name. I, I don't know what his motivation was. Uh, and to have his white socks on compared to his OD green socks, and it probably wouldn't have mattered 99% of the time, or even more, maybe 99.9% of the time. But just doing those three things put me in the top half of the basic training class just immediately. And as more time progressed, just not messing up, I kept elevating and it allowed me the opportunity to do other things because of that. I was, I was recognized for, for other opportunities and had a chance at different awards going through basic training just because people thought favorably of me because I wasn't messing up. And that was basically my army career. I didn't do anything stellar. I didn't shoot great. I didn't PT well. I wasn't the best intel analyst. I wasn't the best person at my job. But what I didn't do is I didn't get dinged on easy stuff. I was good enough at PT. I wasn't failing. My uniforms were always in good shape. Not great shape, but just good shape. And while I wasn't the best analyst, I wasn't, I wasn't getting dinged. I wasn't getting written up for poor performance. And the way the army set up is... Promotions came pretty easy. As you might have heard, I did make E6 in four years. It's a pretty amazing accomplishment. Handshake, handshake. Here we go. Applause. And I, and I say that story just because it's the same thing as grades. And I wish I would have known that when I was in school because I got plenty of terrible grades that really hurt me a lot getting some T's and F's that prevented me from getting good grades. I was able to rectify that in the Army to a large degree. And once I got out of the army, I thought the, the corporate world would be a little bit different. I felt that competence would be paramount. And it wasn't that way, not, not for me at least. Maybe it's in some other jobs, but these government and government adjacent jobs that I've been in, people play it safe. They, they like to check the box. Years of experience, degrees, they mattered more than technical proficiency, intelligence, insight. I figured out the game and that's what I did. I'm not the first person to discover this little trick. I think probably most famously, Charlie Munger, um, the number two for Berkshire Hathaway, very rich, very famous guy, has done a lot of great things, has stated it more than a few times that it's just, it's remarkable how much long-term advantage people can get 
by consistently being not stupid. And that's a more concise way to say it. But just avoiding the pitfalls is potentially more powerful than being brilliant in any one given area. And I think we've all seen it in a lot of different fields that maybe somebody distinguishes themselves in one way that's positive and they distinguish themselves in another way equally or more so in a negative way. You might see a great athlete on a team that you're in high school, college, great athlete, terrible personality, didn't do the right stuff, like great athlete, could perform well on game day, didn't like to lift weights. Grades came easy to him, but didn't like to study. So when things got hard, he wasn't able to to step up. Great at his job, terrible personality, couldn't get along with anybody. We all know people like that in our lives, and that negative takes so much away from the positive. People fail to realize that. They think their talent can outshine the negative stuff. But when it comes game time, when it comes to promotions, who do you look for? And I remember this job that I had uh, when I first stepped up into the, the chief operating officer position, there was a, uh, a switchover a person left. Uh, he was one of the program managers for a program that we had. that we had a lot of people. And this guy was a very good leader. He had very good business development insights that came along with him. And he had a great personality. The thing he didn't like to do, he didn't like doing the paperwork. He didn't, he didn't care if people's time cards were filled out correctly. And if there was any reporting that he needed to get, like the monthly reporting to the corporate headquarters, that always slid. That always came in late. But he ended up leaving for another job. And that was fine. But who was the person that I looked at for getting promoted to program manager? It was, it was another individual on the, on the team who just always did the simple stuff right. He always had his little section of the team get their time cards in. He always had the monthly reports ready to go. And the comment on him, it was always, well, you know, he's not, you know, his personality doesn't light up the room. People don't gravitate towards him. And from my perspective, it was, but this guy always does the right thing. And I ended up working with this individual as a program manager for four years. And you know what? He ended up doing even better because without these mistakes, the customer that we were working for, they loved it. They loved not having the headache because there were so many other companies that were not doing the time cards and the reporting in the right way at the right time. He always had his people squared away. We might not have had the best people in the building, but we weren't associated with anything negative. That elevated us into at least the top 50% right there. And that's the, that's the stuff that I'm talking about. The possibility of your long-term career prospects They can be enhanced if you show up to work dependably. And if you know what your boss is looking for, if you know that you need to fill out your time card every single day and you need to do your monthly report at the 30th every single month and you do that, that pays off in the long run. It seems like those things really don't matter, but they do. Avoid the pitfalls. It compounds over time. Financially, not losing money is a great place to start. And Warren Buffett, I talked about Charlie earlier, And Warren Buffett has a very, very famous line about rule number one when it comes to investing is don't lose money. Rule number two is refer to rule number one. And a lot of people take it simply as, well, hey, what he's he's talking about is, you know, don't lose money, but it's not true. He's he's taken a bath on airlines and oil industry. He's lost more money than most people will make over a hundred lifetimes. He's made some bad trades. That's really not what he's talking about. He's not talking about just avoid losing money. He's talking about avoid losing so much money that you are back at zero or more so. 
Don't put yourself in that position. Avoid the big pitfall. Avoid the stupidity. You can afford to lose some money. The degree to which is different for every single person. That's what he's talking about. Avoid the pitfall. Be dependable. And like I said, this is just a quick hit today. Talking with this, with Brett, I thought it was just important because it's surprisingly served me very well. And it seems like such simple advice to just consistently not be stupid. And I've been plenty stupid in my lifetime. Don't, so don't take it like that. This is in areas that I have been able to achieve long-term success. It's primarily because I've avoided the big mistakes, not because of brilliance in some particular area. And I think most people know what I'm talking about when I'm saying this out loud. So when you go into work tomorrow, remember to fill out your time card on time. If you're going to school, turn in your homework, read what was assigned to you. I think you'll be surprised with how successful and how much that will compound in a very short amount of time. Life is long. Avoid being stupid. All right, that was it. This is just a quick message, but I feel like it's an important one. Just in today's social media-fed world, influencers, they're trying to sell you life hacks all the time. And I think it's easy to forget that it might be more meaningful to remember to not make the stupid mistakes that stop you in your tracks compared to attempting to get incrementally better at some esoteric skill or concept in your life. Like I get it, I'm not knocking the influencers I think they're trying to make a living in some, some way, shape, or form. But avoid the pitfalls. Do the simple stuff right. And you're going to be surprised how much easier and how much more successful your life gets and how quickly you separate yourself from your peers. That is it, folks. Like I said, it was just a, it was just a quick hit episode today. One very simple, very powerful tip that has helped me tremendously in life. Wish I would have been able to, to learn it to the degree where I would have applied it earlier in life. But I'm here now. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, or if you think it's stupid, that's okay. Just put that little kernel of knowledge right in the back of the old brain box and see what happens. Anyway, as I mentioned on the last episode, and if you haven't listened to the last episode, number 27, where I'm talking to Eric Rickle and Dave Henson about their, their hunting expedition, turned out to be a really good episode. Go back, listen to that. And if you have any questions, comments, Anything you want to hear my thoughts on, please email me at bradricklebrief at gmail.com. Again, that's bradricklebrief at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Brad Rickle. Music, as always, is provided by James Spensley. Dude knows how to shred. See you later, folks. I'm out.